0: This mystery that is created around some jobs, including security, that there is some special secret sauce, magic that you have to, I don't know, have bestowed upon you by a non-always-present deity. It's not at all inviting to new people. and The less we invite new people into a field, the more the culture, the research, and the joy you have in that community stagnates.
1: Hello, and welcome to In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. I'm Corinne Limes. And I'm Andrea Gallego. In each episode, we
2: have meaningful and vulnerable conversations with women leaders in digital business and technology.
1: Today, we're speaking with Estera Schneeweitz. They are part of our team here at BCG as the Global Director of Information Security and Compliance of BCG Digital Ventures.
2: And prior to joining BCG, Estera was the Director of Security at SoundCloud. They joined us for this call from Berlin, Germany.
1: So what were some of the things that stood out to you in your conversation with Estera? They were so
2: incredible and passionate around all things cyber. I think a lot of times we sort of get lost in the technical and the engineering and the science elements of all of it. But Estera was really adamant about this, this human piece that was part of information security. Well,
1: looking forward to hearing your conversation. So let's go ahead and get into it.
2: So I guess to start off, just how did you, there's not a lot of women in security to begin with. I know it's still one of the areas in tech that is very male dominated. You know, how, how did you get into it? What brought you into security?
0: Poo, that's a really long story. And I think at the same time, it's a short story. It's just the interest of Taking things apart and looking behind and asking uncomfortable questions. Maybe I want to debunk something that you just said right from the start, in that I don't think it is any more difficult or deeper or more specialized than any other area of tech. In fact, to me, it seems much easier, right? Like if I look at what a data scientist is doing, even an analyst is doing, like I'm like, I could never do that. This seems very difficult. All I'm doing is asking stupid questions most of my day. (laughs) Or I'm trying to throw arbitrary horrible input against an application and make it die. That is why I think it's a career that I've chosen just from being inquisitive about what I came in touch with. When I first started to code, that was so long ago. Programming languages look very different when I came mm-hmm. back to coding because I, I had it in school and then I broke off. And then later in university times, I came back to it and everything had changed so much that I felt like I needed to investigate what underlies Python or a framework that I was working with, right? right? Like what underlies, Ruby? Where, where does all of this come from? And then go down to sort of an actual controller level and see, I don't know. Could I bake my own board? Could I make it run particular instructions and see? And then, you know, that interest faded. (laughs) I I dove back up. But the inquisitive part and the part that is like, okay, let's look into a new thing. That is what what has stuck with me.
2: I'm really glad that you said debunk because the other thing that I think I want to put a plug for in, in women that are interested or that are listening to this podcast is we all think our fields are easy and everyone else's field's difficult, right? Because it's something <laughs> that we just don't understand. And I think what a lot of us come to realize is, look, if you're interested in something, just ask someone that knows because you're, if you're smart and if you're curious and if you, to your point, like I think a lot of engineers that are engineers or are not engineers or people that have an affinity for tech have at one point in their lives likely put something together and taken it apart, put it together. (laughs) And that's just a tall tale signal of someone that likes to do things in the world of tech. But you're so right. You know, to me, security feels like something that I'm like, how would I, how would I even get into that? Even though, you know, I'm an engineer and, and yeah, same thing, right? Like, oh, I started coding a really long time ago. How do I kind of go back and forth and and so it's really good to hear that from you and i think something that more security leaders need to say need to say to other people that hey it's not as hard as it's not as hard as you think it is and and give it a shot right
0: there's so many different areas of security Mm -hmm. just like with engineering just like with any other field even if you wanted to become a chef you decide on what kind Mm -hmm. of chef you want to become right Maybe there's other people in security that feel like what they're doing is really difficult. And it definitely is. I think what I'm saying is that I hope it doesn't feel difficult to them. So when choosing a career path, even when you decide that, oh, what you've been doing, you've been doing for a while now, you could embrace something new in your life and change yep. career paths again, which I think it's never too late for it. The most difficult things should come easy because you love doing them. And you have this intrinsic thirst for knowledge in that field that just makes it easy to, to read all those, I don't know, 800-page books. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they also really work well for putting under your screen these days as everyone in the home <laughs> office. They're definitely cheaper than law uh, study books. So if you were thinking about, you know, one, of the other, one or the other, um, security More might a be cheaper yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a cheaper option. But I think it's just you should be choosing you know, what you would look at even if nobody was to pay you for doing so. And then yeah. it will come easy. And this mystery that is created around some jobs, including security, that there is some special secret sauce, some magic that you have to, I don't know, have bestowed upon you by, by a, <laughs> and a non-always-present deity, then I think it keeps people's job security high maybe. It probably has the effect that people think they can ask for a higher salary in that field. And whether or not they should, is a different story, right? It's not at all inviting to new people. And the less we invite new people into a field, any field, the more the culture and ultimately the diversity, right? But with that, the research and the joy you have in that community stagnate. So keeping that sort of myth up and alive is the first problem that we have in the security industry.
2: Yeah. And you, you already said a, a comment that makes me go into the next question I was going to ask you, which is the diversity piece. I can imagine it matters just as much for security as it matters for other things, but have you seen any progress? Do you still see it being made, you know, a, a male dominated field and What's your opinion there? What do you think we should be doing to make it more balanced if, if it is still as imbalanced as I actually see it uh, being in the real world, to be yeah. frank?
0: <laughs> I think it is. I think that most of the job fields are really imbalanced as well. I think it's probably the only thing that we can continuously do in order to change that imbalance is to make it active effort to invite more women, more people of color, more people of a diverse background, age, skin color. It doesn't doesn't even matter, right? Like just with different experiences and bring them into that field. When I was at SoundCloud, I was really happy that we had a balanced team, at least from a gender perspective. That surely is hard um, for security. I was going to say, that's and- <laughs> impressive.
2: My God, wow. And is that a, was that across the border
0: just for security? That was across security wow. and uh, spam and anti-abuse. And then we added the IT team to it and that did not change the balance too much. Wow. But, 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 but the good thing is always once you're there, it is easy to uphold. So I think that Mm. especially in security, even more so than other technical jobs, um, many of the job invites, the job ads that you have up, you're not going to fill by just waiting for the right person to apply. I think that most of the ones that I filled, if not all, have always been by recommendation. And there have been two that I filled not by recommendation, and both of them were to people who wanted to change into the field of security. So they came from, one of them, a back-end engineering position, one of them a front-end engineering position, and they wanted to enter security. And in the latter case, I was like, I don't know, they're very senior, so I want to remunerate them by their seniority, of course, right? Right. So they're going to be doing this for the first time. Is this going to go well? And it just goes... So well, if I could have a choice between somebody who's been doing this their whole life and somebody <laughs> who just decided a year ago that this might just be the thing that they will love doing for the next dozen years and they have read up and studied and watched every conference talk ever in this one year in <laughs> right. preparation. Of course, I'm going to go with the more excited person because everything that, I don't know, we have free letter acronyms for, You can learn on the job. That's not hard. I think it's the general attitude and this spirit of wanting to question everything. That is something that is hard to be learned. You have to work with people without making them feel bad about Mm. an issue that you found, right? In fact, at SoundCloud, oftentimes people would joke that when I came into the room, something was wrong, right? Something happened. (laughs) uh, Like there was a time when I came running, jogging into a room. You don't want to see me jog, but yeah. <laughs> you're jogging into a room. I smashed some of these laptop clothes and I was like, this one comes with me. You can have a different one for my team. That, of course, is a traumatic experience <laughs> that can only go well if every other time that you have an experience with somebody, with the whole company, you have this relationship and the kindness and the humility of You're doing excellent work. Let me just help you with this one thing that I have a little bit of an expertise on. But then in fact, you will do the excellent work of fixing it again. When I smash a laptop closed, it's because there is something running on your computer that you do not want to run any longer. (laughs) But in 99.5% of your interactions, you just have to be kind and humble. And that again is something that nobody can learn. I, the longer you've been in an industry that thinks very highly of itself, I think the harder it is to think about how great the work that other people are doing. Yeah. that even just makes your job necessary in this world. Is
2: that's awesome. And so, would would you say that also just touch? I mean, it touches on so many things that go beyond beyond what we can talk about today. Primarily <laughs> to that, I mean, especially, and this is just my opinion. So, everyone, this is my opinion, but you know that women in diverse populations have such power in tech, right? Because there's so much of a human element that people, I just think, I think we ended up in this space where it's just about passing this crazy Google interview, right? And we've somehow turned tech into that. When it's, that's like such a small component of being a technologist, like a true evangelist of merging the beauty of technology to move and change the world, right? I mean, I always... Feel and I can, I feel it from you too that like we need, if we don't have a diverse population building our technology, and there's one kind of population building technology for everyone, that is so unbalanced. I also hear, I kind of want to make sure that when women listen to this, if they're really interested in something like security, that they feel they can get involved. And it sounds like from the way you hired that they should just speak to people that are in the field rather than. I don't know, maybe try to dive into something too complicated that might turn them off at the beginning or or something like that, right?
0: Absolutely. And there are adjacent fields too. I think one that I am most excited about has always been anti-spam and finding civil accounts, so accounts that don't belong to real persons figuring out is this somebody's script that is running and creating some content or is it a real person? And I would count that into the field of security as well because of its spirit in trying to make this world a better place for humans that are using technology. So I wouldn't recommend doing security for the sake of security. I wouldn't recommend implementing security for the sake of security, although I think it pays for many jobs and many vendor software solutions. (laughs) To me, it's a little bit like just contributing to make the internet a better place for people to be on, like for real people to be on. Just like I think goes as well for engineers when they think about building a solution for users that they don't build it for themselves, even though their industry might be male, white, 30 to 35 year old dominated. We have to ensure that we're building things, questioning things in order to make it better for everyone else, not ourselves.
2: I'm sure there have been instances where you, you sit, you look around and you're like, I am the only person that's either a woman or that's either from this background or how do you have a small crew of women? Do you have a support? Like, how have you, (laughs) you know, do you just kind of put your blinders on and and you're like, look, I'm going to be a part of the change. This is like, how have you dealt with some of that in your career?
0: I think in the beginning, I'm ashamed to say, I just tried to be, a part of the boys' group that comes not only with German, we say "dicker," was isn't um, <laughs> bold words. It also comes with drinking and abundance of alcohol, which I think <laughs> is a horrible, horrible part <laughs> of many communities that have closed themselves so much in that want to be such a elite club, and I don't think that was good. It get me into this conversation this position a job and right knowing these people and learning something else and working collaborating with somebody else but at the same time I got tired of that quite quickly because it's not living your own best self it's just performing along the lines of an image that somebody else has created in their mind maybe if I could do everything again. I don't know whether I would do something differently, but standing up, not just for yourself, but also for other people that have a less loud voice than yourself, mm-hmm. myself anyways, is something I should have done earlier and that I can only live up to now, right?
2: Right. Because I think things are better for, for women in, in tech than they were for lots of our, you know, our parents had it worse, right? And But it's still there's a truth and a reality to these things that it's still hard. And a lot of us still default to doing what we need to do to be seen as tough, hard, you know, diligent engineers, right. Um, whether it's in security or whether it's in data science or whether it's in design, whatever the case may be. Right. And there um, I think they're definitely, I think we're part of the crew that needs to be part of the change that says like, no, it's actually not like that at all. And there needs to be a, maybe no club. <laughs> maybe it's exactly. like dismantling of the club term and maybe it's not a girl's club. Maybe it's not an uh, old people's club, a young people's club. It's just for dismantle the term club, right? Cause it just creates yeah. all kinds of issues.
0: Yeah, I think nowadays I don't have such a strong connection to any such community anymore because I moved to a larger city. I live in Berlin now in Germany. And Funnily enough, coming from Vienna, which is smaller, definitely feels a lot smaller. I was so engaged in a local hackerspace and only later there there were more hackerspaces that opened. And I would enjoy being on my computer and probing various things or building hardware or doing something else all of my spare time. I think with moving here, because there are less communities around security, there aren't any meetups around security. Mozilla tried to install one about two or three years back, but even that kind of ran out in the sand. Because there isn't that security community, I feel like that now I mostly speak about security at work with my colleagues. I have a network that I can reach out to if I have specific questions or if I need somebody else's second opinion on a topic, which is great. That is really fabulous. Like it yeah. makes you feel connected remote or not but then in my free time I enjoy gardening I enjoy cooking I enjoy running <laughs> right. after my cats and picking up all of the shards that they left all over the floor and enjoy walking the dog so I think it's not something I missed but I think it was something that really helped me get into the community just by learning from somebody else which I think is very different than learning from a book or
2: from right yeah yeah it's I didn't it's that interaction. I want to ask you a piece of advice you want to offer our women in tech or a piece of advice that was given to you that kind of you just always, you always take with you. So whichever one you want to answer for our ladies.
0: <laughs> there is one thing that one of my mentors told me, and that has worked really well in their life. And I admire what they've made out of their life. But then again, I admire what many people have made out of their lives. <laughs> I will say it, but I'll also first say that I'm almost ashamed of saying it. So I think there is a huge <laughs> discrepancy in my head between imposter syndrome and now actually taking this advice from somebody who I look up to and I'm giving it on. But the advice they gave me at the time was just fake it till you make it. And that, you know, that is partially really good advice because it makes you get across the lines to, I can do this until you're put into a position where you can learn to do it and you will do it. So to a specific extent, I think it is a great enabler. And I think especially amongst women, even if you look at how many men or how many women with what work experiences or Mm -hmm. which level of knowledge apply to the same job at where you're like, some people are bolder and some people are a little more shy about the experiences that they find they could have accounted for, for this new opportunity.
2: I love that. I love that. So be confident. Know you can do it. Know you've prepared, right? And especially, especially, this is just backed by science. As women, when we apply for jobs, especially in fields, difficult, difficult to your point, Estera, Right deems difficult fields like engineering, like science and and math, right? We need to check every single box and make sure we've done it 20 times to really be sure we can do it. And to your point, it's about have we prepared enough, right? Have we done what we could potentially have done to feel credible in our our fields? And if we have, then it's that boldness of saying, I can take the shot. You know, maybe I haven't taken that exact three pointer, <laughs> you know, maybe I haven't taken it on in that court in that day at that time. But I've done this before in some way, shape or form. And I think I can do that. So so I, I love that. And we can um, always
0: rely on other people. Yes. So I think that never, ever, ever in my life have I done any job by myself. And that's a good thing. The older I get, the less I work with (laughs) the knowledge I have accumulated. I work with the knowledge of everyone around me has accumulated. And that also makes it such a joy to work here. That's awesome. Well, it has been an
2: absolute joy talking to you, Estera. And we'll see you next time. Signing off. Ciao. So as usual... I'm wondering, Corinne, now that you've had a chance to listen to the interview, what are some things that stood out to you about
1: the conversation that we had? One of the key pieces of advice that Astara's mentor shared with them was um, to fake it until you make it and that that's okay. That's an interesting phrase for me because, and maybe being an American or I'm not sure why, but that phraseology to me feels a little negative or like not something I would like kind of harken back to, to say like, hey, let me, you know, let me follow that as sort of one of my like underlying tenets of how I want to live my life. And so I guess I, I started to kind of re-examine my own perspective on that sort of phraseology and, and thinking to reprocess it in a way that's sort of, it's okay to not know and to confidently go forward and do the best you can knowing you might fail but you'll probably definitely learn something along the way.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really great what Estera was saying, especially at some, at a few of the points. They were like, I'm not saying, you know, you just go with no experience and no education, you know, and you just try this thing that you have like, no foundational background in. But if you think you have some foundational context and you're curious and you want to learn, go. And you have something
1: to contribute, yeah.
2: Exactly, exactly. There's just this wonderful trend across all of the people we've been speaking to around just fearlessness and no fear of failure. That's been really inspiring. Well, that's
1: all for today. This has been In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. Join us every episode to hear meaningful conversations with women leaders in digital business and technology. Thank you so, so much for listening.